Drysaddle drive by turnover. Besser shoots and scores. Edmonton trying to vacate the zone. And once again, Vancouver able to hold the line. Besser breaks free and makes it 4-2. Well, Brock Besser scores twice in the third period. And the Vancouver Canucks knock off the Edmonton Oilers 5-3 to begin the 56-game season that will feature all Canadian matchups for the Edmonton Oilers and everyone else in the North Division. 5-3, the Canucks take it. The Edmonton goal scorers tonight, Yamamoto, who had an excellent game. Darnell Nurse scores. Adam Larson also tallies. But in the end, the Oilers did not do enough. So they are 0-1 out of the gate, and these two teams will play again tomorrow at 7. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Well, Rob, I think a lot to talk about in this game. I mean, there were some good mo- moments for the Oilers, but certainly not enough. And you look, they were down 2-1 after the second period. Darnell Nurse ties it 10 seconds into the third. Literally the perfect start. But then, less than four minutes later, the Canucks are up by two. Well, the, the Canucks responded. Every time there was a, a pushback by the Oilers, the Oilers didn't get to extend that pushback. The, the Canucks came very quickly and started pushing the, themselves. Uh, to me, it was five-on-five five play. Uh, big mistakes, uh, mental mistakes, uh, and, and giving the Vancouver Canucks some, some easy opportunities. The Oilers' opportunities they had tonight, they earned. Uh, a lot of the good goal-scoring chances tonight that the Vancouver Canucks got were by by big, made by big mistakes by the Oilers. You, you know, Besser's both his goals. One, he's left all alone in, in his own zone. Like, when you're playing against the other team's top line, and Besser's by far the best pure goal scorer that the Canucks have, you've got to know where those players at all, are at all time when, when they're on the ice. There's a, a chance at the blue line, dry settle, 50-50 puck. If he gets it, he's gone on a breakaway. Misses. Great chance right there for him. He's got to go for it because he's got four defenders behind him. But the four defenders behind him were all, uh, you know, staring at the puck. So when the puck gets thrown down deep, oh, well, there's, there's Besser all by himself. He gets the puck, goes to the net. You can't allow the other team's best player free time like that. Live, here's Coach Dave well, Tippett. While there were a lot of mistakes, so what did you rack up to, to Russ tonight? And what did you rack up to kind of just five-star mistakes that, uh, that shouldn't happen? Uh, just poor reads by some people. Poor puck play and poor reads led to grade-A chances against him. You just give enough of them, they're going to capitalize. Um, power play had a few looks, and it's going to be their its their first go through together, but just maybe analyze what you saw out there with that, that first unit. Uh, a few looks. Probably not as dangerous as you'd like to see it, but first, uh, first look with Barry on the point there, so we'll have a look at it, see if adjustments need to be made, but... You have a few looks, but uh, you'd like to have a little more. Next question, Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Obviously, five goals against isn't what you wanted in the first game. It's a quick turnaround. Just attention to detail. Is there anything specific you want to see improve tomorrow night from your team inside your own zone? I want to see improved puck play and getting out of our zone. Too many times gave up two goals off pucks that we played on the wall. Didn't get it out. Um, just just some, some poor puck play led to a lot of chances against. Next question, Mark Spector, Sportsnet. I guess that would be the question for me, Dave, is, is it number of chances against or quality of chance against that you didn't like here? 
probably both, but the quality the quality of the ones that they scored on were uh, those are ones you'd certainly you got to find ways to defend better on those. Larson made a poor uh, read on the first one. Cass made a poor read on the on the fifth one. Uh, Caleb Jones made a poor read on the one where uh, Yamamoto and and Drysaddle overskated the blue line. Those are just those are puck play puck play errors compounded by poor reads for players, poor mistakes by players to lead in grade A chances against. And those are the ones. If we want to be a better team, a harder team to play against, those are the ones that have to come out of our game. Okay, so you spent camp making that point, and I think everyone came out of the playoffs last year and realized, look, we can score here, but we got to clean up our zone. Uh, and then they come out with a game like this. Does this make it easier to coach? Do you have a very receptive team at this point? I think we had a receptive team at the uh, at the start of camp, and I still think we have a very receptive team. It's a matter of doing it. It's a matter of getting the job done. Next question, Rob Tchaikovsky, Post Media. Hi, Dave. When you're when you're looking at the, the, the poor puck play as you describe it, do you think is that is that boiling down to decision making or is it uh, determination on the puck? Uh, probably a little bit of everything. It's execution, determination, it's uh, decision making, making the right play. Uh, there's a lot of factors that come into it, but you could probably you could find enough uh, enough in the game where what it does it just it doesn't allow you to get any kind of rhythm in your game, and you end up chasing the game. And you give up goals and chase the game, that's uh, that's not an ideal situation. I know we had a couple of guys in front of him who had all day and night to shoot the puck, but what do you think of uh, Miko Koskinen tonight? I uh, made some good saves, made some good saves, but you give up five, the whole team uh, has to take ownership of that. Thank you. There are no more questions. This brings us to the conclusion of Media's media availability. Okay, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett live as the Oilers fall 5-3 to the Vancouver Canucks. And he certainly expanded on what you were talking about, Rob. Bad reads and players getting out of position, which means Vancouver players are wide open. And you look at the goals. First goal, Horvat has a mini breakaway on a two-on-three and, uh, and scores... Besser left totally in behind the defense. You referenced that where they don't get the puck out at the uh, at the blue line, and that one winds up going in. So just just two examples. Well, the, the other example is the one where Cassian just misreads it. The puck gets a, a wonderful play by Pat- Patterson, throwing across ice to, to Besser. If Cassian stays in his lane and allows Besser to come, he's fine. Uh, you know, now Besser's got to beat a guy. He's going to have a defenseman coming back, forcing him, and, and there's you're not in a lot of danger. But Cassian goes for a 50-50 puck, doesn't take the man, doesn't take the puck, and now all of a sudden the most dangerous Vancouver Canuck walks in, and I mean, the two shots he had, you didn't see the puck leave his stick. Like, he's got an incredible shot, and all of a sudden the game is over, so you can't make those kind of mistakes in tight hockey games. And what we've talked about before this, the, the, the game tonight, and we've talked about on, our, on your show a lot, this is going to be a very competitive division. The Ottawa Senators are probably a year or two away from becoming a competitive team. They got a young team. Not a lot of people expect them to make the playoffs. The other six teams, you can make cases where all six of them could and should make the playoffs. So there's going to be two good teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. So every game is going to be close. So in close games, big mistakes become vitally important. And tonight in this game, 
the Oilers made the big mistakes and Vancouver capitalized on them. Vancouver's got some good hockey players. They, they, I believe they're a good hockey team. I, I, they're a fun team to watch. they got some superstars. That Quinn Hughes, amazing. Uh, I love Hor- Horvat. Pedersen is going to be a star in this league. So they're a good hockey club. They're going to create their own chances. Don't help them. And that's what happened tonight. The Edmonton Oilers helped the Vancouver Canucks, gave them even better scoring chances than they could have created themselves, and, and they capitalized. You can't give a Besser two wide-open looks. He's too good a hockey player, and tonight the Oilers paid because of it. Well, and I thought that was interesting, too, what Tip said when asked about the goaltending. And I really thought through 40 minutes tonight, both goalies were quite good. 2-1, Vancouver was up. Both guys had made some good saves. Yeah, there had been some grade-A chances where a good player shot wide. But, I mean, that happens in in any game. And, you know, Tip, I thought Tip, it was fair. You, you give up five. Everybody has to be better. There, there's no doubt about that. But Holtby made two or three great saves in the third, specifically the one I want to mention. With 8.15 to go, Nugent Hopkins digs the puck out behind the net. Yamamoto's coming on in a line change, and nobody on Vancouver picks him up. He's wide open, and he slaps at the puck, gets it away quick, and Holtby got across and made the save. That would have tied at 4-4 with 8.15 to go, and then obviously Besser scored a couple minutes later. And even on that late power play, I mean, I, I thought Chason had that one mm-hmm. banged in, and Holtby turned it away. So so in the end, I, I'm not pinning this on, on Koskinen, tonight but by the end of the night Vancouver had the better goalie well you and I have talked about it over the last few years it'll be the end of the night the others will give up five goals or there's been nights they give up six goals and you you sit and think okay I I can't remember a bad goal and tonight five goals were given up not none were bad there there wasn't a goal that you would say you know he should have had that but when you have uh, for a goaltender to get you a point or get you two points in a hockey game sometimes you got to make a save that you aren't expecting. Right. And that's what we saw with Holtby tonight. The one on Yamamoto, I mean, that was ticked. That was a wonderful play by, by Nugent Hopkins from behind the net. He he looked off the Vancouver defenseman. They all went one way, found Yama, Yamamoto, and, and Holtby made that save that no one expected. And there was another one as well you were just talking about. So he made saves that weren't expected, and that's what you need out of a goaltender every once in a while, not to save the ones they're supposed to, but sometimes save the ones they're not supposed to. The Oilers didn't get the big save, but having said that, five on five, the Vancouver Canucks were a much better hockey team than the Edmonton Oilers tonight and deserved the two points without take putting anything on the goaltender. Well, yeah, that's a fair point. 5-3 Vancouver wins. And I also thought the best segment of this game for the Oilers was probably the middle 10 minutes of the second period. From 15 minutes remaining in the second until five minutes remaining, that's when they got their goal, thanks to Yamamoto, who was... I, th- I think he was the best Oilers to- Oiler tonight, personally. Uh, that's when they got their goal. They had a power play that was dangerous that didn't score. And then they only tie the period in the end. They were down one nothing at the start of the second. They're down 2-1 after. Uh, whereas when Vancouver had a little window there in the third, they were able to put the game away. So so, so that, too, when the Oilers had the chances, maybe even to get the lead, they weren't able to do it tonight. No, they weren't. And uh, I I thought Yamamoto, I thought his line was the best line. I thought Drysaddle was the best player. Yamamoto was a close second. But their line, there wasn't any line close to them on the Oilers. Uh, another problem for the Oilers tonight, and when you play on a third or a fourth line, your your margin of error is small. Uh, you're expected to do all the little things right. Uh, you're not expected to go out and you say, we don't need to score two, three goals. We don't need you to make 
create great offensive plays, but you got to make the smart plays 100% of the time. And tonight in this game, Ennis has the puck. He's on your fourth line. He has it by the boards, doesn't get it out. Puck ends up in the back of your net. Uh, Jesse Pliarvi has a puck on a, on a kind of a, a broken rush. He has the puck about 10 feet inside the blue line. Guy's going towards the net. He's got no play, so he's throw, throw it in the corner, throw it on net, one of the two things. Instead, he tries to force a soft pass through the middle of the, the zone. It gets picked off by the Canucks. They come back the other way. They score a goal. Those are plays you can't have if you're on the third or fourth line. You've got to make sure you make the simple plays. You've got to make the smart plays. Guys like Leon and, and Connor, they're, they've got the, the leeway to try to create something out of nothing. Third and fourth liners don't, and that's something that the others have got to learn. you got to understand what your role is, where you are on the ice, who you're playing against, who you're playing with, and then embrace that role. A couple of the players tonight in the third and fourth roles made mistakes. So the Oilers lose 5-3 as we check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Blues have beaten the Avalanche. 4-1. Avalanche picked by many, including me, to win the Stanley Cup this season. Flyers knock off the Penguins 6-3. The Canadians lose in overtime to the Leafs 5-4. Montreal's here Saturday and Monday. And the Lightning roll over the Blackhawks 5 one. We'll have more post-game audio coming up. You can call or text 780-496-0063 if you want to participate in overtime open line. We'll get to some of your feedback in uh, in a few minutes. And, and you look at the ice, and I, look, it's, it's one game, so we don't want to f- fly off the handle. But I was hoping, okay, deeper team, maybe the minutes get spread around. I mean, Connor McDavid still winds up playing 26-24. That's because you're behind. You're and behind Nugent your Hopkins best player. plays 23-16. Uh, where was Dreisaitl? Drysaddle plays 21 minutes, uh, so he actually played a little less. Now, McDavid played seven minutes on, on the power play, so some nights that, that'll happen. Well, uh, he also, Connor also had a, uh, a shift where he was out with his line, his wingers changed, and it was Leon's wingers that came out. Puck was in the offensive zone. He stayed on the entire Leon shift, and they created a power play out of it and then stayed on for the power play. Now, I don't know what he had on that shift, but it had to have been at least a four-minute shift at that time, which is funny because I think if I ever had a four-minute shift, they'd be calling the the guy out with the paddles to try to get the heart going again. <laughs> Didn't seem to bother Connor. The, the other thing that we expected great things from this year was the Oilers' power play. Uh, they had the number one power play in the league last year. You know, was it fourth best in the history of the National Hockey League? They add a power play specialist defenseman in, in Barry. It wasn't great tonight. They created some chances. They didn't create as many as they wanted. To me, they looked too unselfish. They passed up on too many plays. And the other thing, Barry's coming in to a great power play unit that's played together for a number of years. He's got to find what his role is. He, I, I, I've watched him play over the last couple of years in Colorado and in Toronto. He's a guy that likes to shoot the puck. You didn't see him shooting tonight. He, he, was, he got the puck back there in chance, places where he normally would shoot, but he put the puck back to Connor, put the puck back to Leon, trying to be unselfish. And I, and I understand that. You're coming to a new place. You don't want to look selfish. You don't want to look like you're taking away from their opportunities. But as he goes on, uh, I'm sure they'll watch video, they'll talk more about it. What makes him effective that the others haven't had is he's a right-handed shot with a big shot. 
he's got to shoot the puck more. If he shoots the puck more, that pulls the defender up higher to block it. That creates more space down low for the for the passes going cross seam. So uh, I think that power play is going to be effective. It's going to be effective uh, in the coming games. But I think Barry has to find what his role is and be comfortable out there with the stars that he's playing with. Once he becomes comfortable, it'll be much more effective. Barry with one shot on goal tonight, didn't get a point. McDavid held off the score sheet, minus one, five shots on goal. He won 12 out of 22 faceoffs for 55%. Very good game, though, from Kyler Yamamoto. He scored the team's first goal of the season in this 5-3 loss to the Canucks. Here's Yamo. Uh, maybe first and foremost, Kyler, just give give us your analysis on what you think uh, maybe went wrong for you guys tonight and ended up costing you the game. Um, I think we just made a couple mistakes, um, you know, things that we can correct, and I think once we correct those, um, you know, we'll be good. Fair to say that with, with no exhibition season to get ready, and I know both teams go through this, but there's a certain amount of choppiness out there you're going to have to work your way through. How much did it affect you? Oh, uh, yeah, it was it was definitely weird, um, you know, to begin the game, um, you know, getting back on the ice after a few months. But, um, yeah, I think as the game wore on, um, you know, I got a lot more comfortable. Um, I felt like Dratton, uh, Kuhn got a lot more confident, so it was, uh, it was good, and, um, you know, we can only build on it. Next question, Mark Spector, Sportsnet. But Cutter, uh, you know, giving up five is what hurts everyone. No one wants to give up five, right? Is it, is it the number of chances you guys are giving up, or is it the quality of chance you're giving up? A lot of goals scored tonight, guys in alone on the goaltender. Yeah, I think, um, I think it just comes down to us. Um, you know, a lot of those goals, um, you know, are mistakes made by us. So I think they're all correctable, and um, you know, I think once we do that, we'll be, we'll be good. Do you, uh, is, is some of that, I know you guys talked a lot about keeping the puck out of your net in the, in the short training camp, but I would think that all those things you're trying to master have to happen in games. Uh, should we be waiting for this defensive awareness to kind of sit in after a few games? Uh, it's, it's the first game. Um, you know, not everyone's, we haven't played in, um, you know, a few months, so it's, um, it's going to take a little bit of time, but um, you know, I think it's coming along. We learned a lot, um, you know, this training camp, so, um, you know, we can only get better from here. So, um, you know, I think we'll be good, and um, just got to keep working out. All right, that is Kyler Yamamoto. Oilers fall 5-3 to the Canucks. As we got a text message here from Steven, 780-496-0063. He says, uh, hey, Rob and Reed. Didn't see much from the Oilers' depth players tonight. Jujar Kara was on waivers, gets back into the lineup, doesn't play a lot, didn't really notice him. At what point do the Oilers quit trying to shoehorn him into the lineup? Okay, well, harsh on uh, harsh on Jujar, but he was waived uh, and then was active for this game. The Oilers have signed Devin Shore, and he was put on waivers. We expect him to clear, and then, I mean, that means he can be put on the, on the taxi squad if needed. You, you wonder if he's going to get a look... Uh, on that on that fourth line he has some experience he has a couple you know decent offensive seasons for a depth guy well and bob just asked before you and i came on if there would be some changes for tomorrow night's game and this is a, a group that hasn't played since august and it was a short little span then and there's some new guys on this team and you want to see everyone and there's going to be a lot of uh uh, back to back, three and four, four and six types of things. I believe you'll start making some changes simply so that everyone gets an opportunity to get their feet wet. Everyone gets a chance to to get involved with this season, and then you can start 
um, making your your changes or making your lineups depending on how they've played. I agree. I, I think there were some players tonight that you would have expected a little bit more from because there is competition. There are guys that uh, are sitting with that are NHL capable. Neil and Haas are going to come back at some point. So, you know, Ryan McLeod's pushing. He's on the taxi squad. So I, I think there are, are guys that need to be noticed. And in, in, in you don't always need to be noticed. Okay, I, I scored a goal tonight, or I, I, I went, I dangled somebody. There's certain guys on this team that are supposed to be noticed for physicality, so noticed for getting pucks in and out at the right time, for winning face-offs. Uh, there's other ways that you can become effective hockey players, and especially in the third and fourth line roles. And some of those players tonight, I don't believe played up to their capabilities. And there's other guys that are going to get a chance. So I would not be shocked if there were maybe two to three changes before tomorrow night's game. And on top of that, the team lost. So it's right. much easier to make that decision. He gave up five goals. Uh, th there's guys that are going to get a chance, and I do believe there will be some changes in tomorrow night's game. All right, we have Robert standing by on line one as the Oilers lose 5-3 to Vancouver. Robert, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, Reed. Hey, Rob. How are you doing? Good. Oh, oh I think, you know what, tonight I think, uh, you know, the, the Oilers, I thought, you know, I thought, I, uh, you know, uh, thought they played well. You know, obviously, you know, obviously, you guys, you, you talk about the uh, some of the some of the obvious mistakes that were made, like the couple times not not getting the puck out of the, you know, the, you know, uh, failing to get the puck out. So you know, then they end up picking at it. You know, then they end up picking it out of their net. But you know what? Overall, I don't think you know. I don't think they played bad. I think you know, Pulley Arvey, despite that one glaring turnover, I thought, oh, I thought he was. Fine, you know, and Koskinen wasn't terrible. I mean, the, the I mean the the five goals he let in, I mean, the only only one that I would maybe question is the, the Horvat goal. But I mean, short of that, I think I think uh, Koskinen was okay. And the uh, the power play, I think it was, I think it was, you know, maybe maybe they, you know, trying to be too pretty at times. You know, too much passing. You know, not you know not shooting enough. But I mean, and. Uh, you know, and uh, I think uh, as for as for uh, lineup changes, I think well, then obviously Smith will be a net tomorrow. But I think, but I think you know, I think maybe uh, maybe you pull out Kara, maybe you put McLeod in in his place on uh, you know on the fourth line on defense. Maybe maybe you pull Cuckoo and bring in bring in Russell. But I think you know what I think overall it's not a wasn't a wasn't a terrible showing it's you know it's only one game and you know and I, i'm still i'm still uh, i'm still sticking with my prediction of the uh, uh the oilers to win the division robert we appreciate it seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three trevor is going to be up next on the phones we'll have some post-game reaction from dominic cahoon who got a point in his first game as an oiler tonight five three vancouver wins it heartland ford overtime open line Horvat in the first period, Yamamoto and Hoaglander in the second. In the third, it was busy. Nurse, Gaudette, Besser, Larson, Besser. And Vancouver wins it 5-3. The Oilers start the season 0-1. Whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village goal light on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. That is presented by Japanese Village Restaurants. Now offering takeout, please visit jvedmonton.ca for details. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Trevor standing by. Trevor, thanks for calling. Go ahead, sir. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. 
Uh, I guess well, first and foremost, to start off by saying I missed you guys and I really like your uh, post game. I look forward to it. You and Rob both, uh, fantastic job. Thank you very much. Uh, Appreciate that. Yeah, a little, little pump in the tires, and then I guess we'll get down to business. Um, so I guess like everybody else, I've kind of been really excited about like what Tyson Berry is possibly, you know, going to bring to the to the team. And obviously with Clefbaum down, he's, you know, there's an argument there if he's going to fill a void or if he's actually going to bring something else. Uh, tonight I noticed uh, there. I kind of felt like they were kind of force feeding him on the power play there. Like I, I didn't know if uh, I didn't know if they were used to having that right shot D man at the point. I felt like he was he was trying to pick up a lot of passes off the boards on his backhand, and then even even on the half boards there, those passes coming to him weren't necessarily they weren't necessarily tight to the stick. They were kind of off, like they were passing to a lefty. Uh, I don't know if I guess that just takes time to to figure out or or what, but I definitely noticed that it wasn't very comfortable out there. And uh, just a quick secondary there. Uh, I liked what Kahun can bring, and I thought he showed some some good things tonight. And I'm looking forward to seeing that second line really develop. Yeah, no, I, I, that line was excellent. I, tonight, that was their first line. They were by far the best line for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I mean, it, it's funny when you say second line and it's got the NHL scoring leader and MVP centering it. That's just a luxury that the Oilers have. Uh, as for the power play, this the same guys played on that power play for a number of years. And having Oscar back there and it's going to take a little bit of adjusting it will be effective once they figure out uh, well especially once Barry figures out what his role is when he should shoot when he should pass right now he's probably moving the puck too much to his teammates simply because he doesn't want to upset the cap the apple cart it's gonna it's gonna get better they need him shooting the puck and you're going to see that in the coming games. He'll watch video. He'll see what works, what doesn't work. But he's a guy that has been a power play specialist for a number of years in this league. He will be good, and the power play will be good soon. Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate it, buddy. 780-496-0063. That's also the number to text. Cheb writes in. He says, hi, guys. Definitely had a preseason feel, in my opinion. Passes were behind the play all game. By the Oilers, the power play needs some confidence. Tentative is the word I would use to describe much of the play for the first, third, and fourth lines. Well, yeah, I mean, we've talked about the, well, especially the fourth line. Uh, th- third line, I thought it was maybe the first period might have been their their best period. And, yeah, I mean, the first line, you, you obviously expect a lot from any line with McDavid on it. And he had some rushes, but they didn't really get in on the forecheck and cycle and create a lot that way that uh, I could thinking i can remember yeah I, I agree i honestly know as you say that i don't remember them having any sustained pressure offensively uh they had the one really good chance that yamamoto had from nugent hopkins from behind the net and other than that they had two individual efforts that that connor made where he created his own his own plays and his own breakaways uh, both times resulting in in power plays for the oilers uh, to me i the word would be sloppy. I thought the others were just sloppy at times with their passes, with their back checks, with their 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 coverage, and it showed. And the Vancouver Canucks, they were crisper. And you can really tell when a team is is into the game where they, where is the passing. The Vancouver Canucks through the neutral zone, they were snapping the puck, 
and it was always seen to be stick to stick and, and they moved it well and they always got to the, the puck to the guy that was in the best position to receive it. They looked a little bit sharper than the others tonight. So uh, hopefully tomorrow night after a game and uh, under their, their, their skates that the Edmonton Oilers will be a little more uh, assertive in their game because I don't think they were assertive in their game tonight. That'll be our adjustment of the game for the uh, for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Oilers debut tonight. He got an assist playing with Dreisaitl and Yamamoto. Here's Dominic Cahoon. First question, Mark. Yeah, Dominic, your first game uh, with a new team. How'd it go for you? Um, I mean, I, I feel good. Um, it's it's tough that we that we didn't get the points today, but yeah, uh, I was really happy to make my debut art, uh, today for for the Oilers, and yeah, we have to bounce back tomorrow. The the theme we've been hearing in camp here is trying to keep the puck out of your net. This is a team that can always score, uh, but they they let too many in, uh, and then you open up and uh, they get five on you tonight. Is that disappointing? Yeah, of course. Uh, we we need to be better. We need to be better in our zone there. But um, also, we had uh, we had a lot of chances uh, to score goals too. So um, I think we have to clear up uh, this this mistakes and uh, make make a better job tomorrow, and uh, we will win the game. I know both teams are going to have to go through this, Dominic. But maybe just a thought on how you feel after tonight's game and the fact that you got to turn around and go again right away. Uh, tomorrow, you guys haven't played a lot of games here, so uh, you, you expect the legs to, you know, maybe maybe not be quite as good as they would normally in this situation. Yeah, it's always not easy, obviously, play two two games in two two days, but uh, I think uh, we have to, you know, we we want to bounce back as soon as possible tomorrow and um, get the win. So we have to make sure we we get ready to um, some recovery now and uh, be ready for tomorrow. All right, that's Dominic Cahoon. Oilers lose 5-3 to the Canucks. Again, that was a bright spot for the Oilers tonight was that line. And we talked about that window in the second period where the Oilers played really well. I mean, I thought Yamamoto led the way. He got the goal. He he hit. And his ability to, to strip pucks and keep a play alive when he seems like he's out of the play, and we saw it last year too, that's a real strength for him. It, it is. He's tenacious. Uh, he doesn't quit on a play. He doesn't turn away in the offensive zone. A lot of times a guy will do a swing by, and if he doesn't get the puck or poke the puck, he'll just continue going out the other side and then curl back. Yamamoto doesn't do that. If he misses, he quickly stops and comes back. Uh, he, he's a smaller player that so you don't, your peripheral vision don't doesn't see this body coming at you. So you think you got a little extra time. He's quick, and he's a quiet skater. So all of a sudden, he sneaks up on you. And I think the, the his biggest attribute, and something that probably is not expected from a lot of the players he's playing against, is his strength on his stick. So there, it's one thing to be able to get your stick on a guy coming out, but if you got a, a, a Tyler Myers who's six foot eight and he's got the puck on his stick, you wouldn't think that the guy five foot six, 155 pounds, is going to be able to lift your stick and steal the puck. But Yamamoto has that ability, and it's not something that he does occasionally. It's shift to shift, and what that does, it keeps offensive plays alive. And when you keep offensive plays alive in the offensive zone, and you're the plays now are going through a Leon Dreisaitl, you're giving him a second or possibly a third chance, it's going to create good scoring chances. So Yamamoto's like a little motor out there that just gets his line revved up. Uh, he, he was good. He compliments Leon very well. Uh, and what you, and the, the goal that he scored, 
he put himself and he put his stick in the right position. It's a two-on-one. You've got the best passer possibly in the National Hockey League in Leon Draisaitl with the puck on his stick. You find the lane that allows the puck to get to you cleanly. You open your stick up and you get set to shoot the puck. And that's one thing that uh, we haven't seen a lot of here in Edmonton is the one-timer. Guys that are good at one-timing. Now, we're not saying it's an absolute bullet from Yamamoto, but... That puck was on and off his stick. Holtby was coming across fast. He knew where the puck was going. He's not dumb. He knows Leon's going to pass the puck. But because the puck was on and off Yamamoto's stick as quick as it was, Holtby had no chance. So uh, Yamamoto, an excellent game, and unfortunately in a, in a loss to the Canucks. Besser scores twice in the third. Canucks beat the Oilers 5-3. Well, this is a treat. JP has decided to stay up. Or, well, maybe he's just getting up. I don't know. Uh, JP has decided to give us a call. Hi, JP. Reed, you know I am a non-stop clock watch, 24-7, wide awake, 24-7, seven-day week. But let's get on the brass tacks. First of all, no, before we get on the brass tacks, I just want to say it's a pleasure to hear both of your voice. And that uh, season is underway. I mean, this is fantastic. Obviously not the result we want tonight. <laughs> but I'll tell you, you uh, said something else. I don't know if it was you, Reed, or you, Rob. Well, just one game. This is not this one game. I've seen this. I just saw this for Chicago a few months ago. I saw this the year before when we not made playoffs. The ethic, the work ethic is not there on a consistent basis with this team. That's a fact. Tonight, I saw one of our star players, one of the best players in the world. I'm going to use this as an example. And hopefully, I don't get ripped apart on the uh, social media. But the uh, Lyon. Leon at one point is skating backward, kind of momentum backward, sees an opportunity to get the pass, decides to keep skating backward momentum and reach for it to try to get the glide forward and go on a 2A1. That doesn't work out. Turns out they score a goal. Leon, stop, work, get the pass, shrug the guy off, then go. Everyone on this team look at Leon, Connor, and like, oh, no, he's going to be happy. Oh, he got the puck, everything. Go for it, go for it. Connor has it. Oh, he's going to go for it, go for it. You're not going to cash Connor, so what's the problem? If something goes wrong with Connor not getting the puck, you got to, to be prepared defensively. But everyone's like, oh, no, head down. Everyone, Connor has the puck. He'll do it for us. Come on, you guy. All I know is this. Cassian was floating tonight. He needs to wake up or here, or he's going to be in a problem. But I have faith tomorrow I'm calling it you guy. I'm gonna call tomorrow. I'm gonna call tomorrow, I'm gonna say this. A nice five nothing shout out tomorrow. Read, Rob, I love it. Rob you know what I want to ask, but I'm not gonna do it anymore. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. But uh thank you very much. That's a love everyone. He wants Rob's autograph. Well, we're definitely not mingling with anybody this year. <laughs> no, no time soon, <laughs> are know, we? Rob and I are currently about 15 feet apart to be very safe. As Which we're... is a lot closer than we were well, when we did the playoff game. Well, that's true, because I was at the studio and you were... Were you in BC or were you in St. I was in Albert? BC for a couple yeah, games. So, and I was in Albert for a couple and games. And this is... You're probably safer because, I don't know if you remember, the very first game we did at Rogers Place, we were closer even than we were in the fishbowl at Rexall Place. And remember, I, I was standing, you were sitting, and I gestured and knocked your glasses off. Yep. I hit you right the head. <laughs> That's when I your glasses moved off. my chair a little yeah. further away so, from you. This is good. I definitely am not going to strike Rob with uh, any parts of my body at the distance we're, we're at tonight. Uh, Oilers lose 5-3. Let's bring Arnold in on the open line. It's 11:38. Hi, Arnold. Thank you for calling. Well, how are you? Good. 
Um, I just called to say that I really think that the power plant, it, it, it really isn't, um, you know, uh, the puck movement. They move the puck around really well, and I think that it, it, it has, has promise. My only... My only really concern is that the goaltending is 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 okay, but but you know we really uh, as um a, the team is so fragile, we really need to have the first goal, and um, or the first save, and especially the first save. Yeah, well, I mean, we know the stats obviously about scoring first, and and I think uh, we we touched on that earlier when both goalies were pretty good through 40 and then Holtby made the the bigger saves at the bigger times mm-hmm. in, in in the third and uh, yeah I mean whenever a goal goes in a goalie thinks he should have stopped it or you can say could have he had it but sometimes it's it's the ones you stop at the big moment and, and Holtby did that tonight uh, I mean even if Koskinen stops the the 5-3 goal the Oilers got six minutes left to, to try to, to tie it up well at the end of the night the Vancouver Canucks goalie Holtby was better than Koskinen the Vancouver Canucks best players were better than the Oilers best players and the Vancouver Canucks best defensemen were better than the Oilers best defensemen the Vancouver Canucks were the better team uh, as for the power play the one of the things that the that the Oilers did tonight on their power play it, it, the that caller just said they moved the puck around well and I believe they did but I thought they passed up on too many good scoring chances uh, you and I were talked about the one where uh, Nugent Hopkins comes right down the middle and he's got a Nuge has got that snapshot where he goes low blocker that when he's got that much time the goalie's not stopping instead of shooting him passes the puck back door to to dry who's at a, a worse angle another time he Nugent Hopkins has the puck and he tries passing to Connor McDavid chase on a couple times the puck down low he tries making a play shoot the puck nobody's ever going to be mad at you if you put the puck on there you go back to the bench the coach is going to say good job he's never going to say oh you know what you probably should have made a, a pass 10 feet back if you're in a scoring opportunity put the puck on net the one thing i was the guy that stood in front of the net that was my role on a power play i hated standing in front of the net and getting beat up when the players kept passing the puck <laughs> around i'm like seriously move, put the puck on it let's try to create something the others have got as good as anyone in the national hockey league in chase on who stands in front of the net Put the puck on net. The goalie can't see. Uh, we saw a couple goals tonight that came from way out tonight. Nurse and Larson both scored from way out. Put poor, more pucks on net. So that's the one thing I think if the others power play, we'll see it. They're going to get better. But take advantage of the chances you get. Don't pass up on opportunities. Yeah, the Oilers with four power plays and, and five shots on goal. No, yeah. I, I realize a couple shots w- went wide, but... Not good enough. Not good enough. No. 5-3 Vancouver takes it. It's 11:41. Back with more Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Vancouver beats the Oilers 5-3. Other action tonight. St. Louis wins 4-1 over the Avalanche. Flyers take down the Penguins 6-3. Maple Leafs beat the Canadians 5-4 in overtime. Morgan Riley got the game winner and the Lightning all over the Blackhawks 5-1. Plenty more games tomorrow, including the Islanders up against the Rangers. The Flames are going to play the Jets and obviously Vancouver and Edmonton and we'll go at it again at 7 o'clock. All right, uh, we'll get in a few more calls here before we sign off. We have Trucker's Ty standing by. Hello, Trucker Ty, go ahead. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good. First of all, I'd just like to say pleasure talking to you. Uh, I had to get the best in the biz, and I'll take up a lot of your time. I would like to say that um, I had a constant in I think uh, I think the Oilers missed the mark this summer by 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 not getting 
good solid um, you know a, a goaltender to make and I think uh, I think if anything is going to make playoffs it's going to be the goaltending and I hope if not this year next year the Oilers really go do what needs to be done and and get and solidify that goaltending position. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a fair comment, and I think for, certainly for me, that was the biggest question mark coming into the season. I, I think if you look at the, the regular season last year, it, the goaltending was uh, was adequate or good on the whole. I mean, Smith certainly had a bad run middle of November, December, but then he was better in January. And February, they, they did shop around. Um, you know, they didn't ultimately didn't want to give Markstrom what he was looking for, and, and he goes to the Calgary Flames. So I, I think that's fair that that is going to be a question mark, and, and we've, we've seen it over and over that, that, that goaltending can, can separate teams. I mean, they, in 16-17, when the Oilers got in, were they a great defensive team? No. Uh, they'd improved from the previous year, but Talbot made a, a massive difference well, that year. To me, Talbot was their MVP that year. I know I think Connor McDavid won MVP of the league that year, but Connor, or, but Cam Talbot was their best player throughout most of that season. Uh, two things. The goaltender needs to make a big save, and the second thing is the others got to do a better job of not leaving their goaltender in the position where he has to make a big save. Uh, the others made too many mistakes tonight, and... Uh, I don't think, as we said, there wasn't a goal that we think he Koskinen should have had, but he didn't make the the one save that could have changed the game. And we saw on the other, and you actually said it to me. You you came down after the big save on Yamamoto. You said that save right there could get the Vancouver Canucks the two points tonight, and it did. Also, have Steve standing by. Hi, Steve. Thanks for calling. Hey guys. Hello. Just want your comment on something, please. Okay. We'll try. I watched. I watched the game tonight, and uh, pass, 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 everywhere. So I want to know: Do you think the coach has actually told the players when Connor and Leon are on the ice, get the puck to them, no matter what? Don't you think it would be wiser for guys to just flick the puck at the net, and then let Connor and Leon work their magic, putting the damn thing in the goal? I'm just going to listen uh, to your comments. Thanks. Bye. The, the coach would, would never say get the puck to the, that player ever i i think that uh tonight the oilers did pass up on some scoring chances uh without any doubt i i do think that one of the things that the oilers don't do a good enough job of and this is especially in the third and fourth lines that haven't for years is throwing the puck at net from bad angles i think that if you look around the national hockey league any night turn on one of the sports tv shows and you'll see a number of bad goals go in because it's hard to, 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 for a goaltender when he's, he's facing the wrong way to, to, to make the save all the time. He, the re, where rebounds come out, you can hit skates, you can hit shin pads. Uh, if it, most of, Some of the teams that I played on, a lot of the lines that I played on when I was down in the third or fourth line role, we would talk on the bench, okay, if, if I get the puck in this position, I'm throwing at the neck, you drive. Look for a rebound, look for a tip, look for a bounce. Because uh, guys outside of your top five or six players struggle to make two or three good plays in a row to create that great scoring chance. So if you're not going to make the two or three plays that are going to create that chance, create your own chance by putting the puck on net and getting the ugly goals. And I don't think the Oilers have done as good a job as they possibly could have over the last number of years of scoring ugly goals in your bottom six. And I think that's one thing that the Oilers can improve on. Uh, tonight was a great example as Puliyarvi brings the puck across the blue line. 
he stopped. He, he, there's no way he can go any further. Instead of throwing the puck on net and hoping that there's a, a traffic jam in front of Holtby, he tries to make a pass across the, the middle of the ice. It gets picked off. It goes back the other way, and the Canucks score. Right? There's a great example. Throw the puck on net. And now if, if you do that consistent, consistently, your line mates know, okay, if he's in a position without a play, he's putting the puck on net, and now let's go crash net, and maybe we'll get something ugly. Yeah, 5-3 Vancouver wins. We have Cam standing by. Go ahead, Cam. Hey, guys, I agree. It's nice to hear your voices. Again, hope your families are healthy and you guys are healthy. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Right, right on. I just wanted to ask about the model of bringing in, and I love these goaltenders. I think they're great. But when you're when you're in a quick hit, no training camp, playing every second game or every second night, I mean, would it not be wise to have one young, highly energetic guy on the roster? For a goalie? Why not? Why? Why would you have a 39-year-old and a 32-year-old when you're playing back-to-back for four months? Well, you're, you're going to pick a goaltender that can play. I mean, you're not just going to go and get some young guy just because he's young. Yeah, but we saw that last year in the playoffs. Last year in the playoffs, we got out goaltended. By, by, by who would you get out goaltended? By by an old goalie. But we asked a 38. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But we had a, we asked a 38 year old and a 32 year old to come in and and just start fresh right from the start. If you're 22 or 24 or 26, I can see it. I'm not saying these guys can't do the job, but if we get behind six, seven games in the standings in an abbreviated situation like this, while well, these guys are getting yeah, Cam, I'll just I, I think if they thought Stuart Skinner or Olivier Rodrigue or, or Dylan Wells or Ilya Konovalov could play in the NHL, they'd, 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 be, they'd, they'd be in the NHL. But you know what? So They're not good enough. That's all I can tell you right now. Thanks for calling, though. 780-496-0063. We, oh, my God, he's back. Scott in Boston is on the line. Scott? What do you think of Cam Newton this year? Reed, so, Reed, Rob, what's up? What do what's you think up? of Cam Newton's play with the Patriots? What's going oh, on? So they, they're not in the playoffs. About. Did I you notice I that? I wish I had Reed. I wish I had an hour. Do you want to really go Pats real quick? Pats, <laughs> they're, they're, eating their med- they're taking their medicine. It's over. They need to hold. No one pisses me off. I said this on local Boston. Promise me you're going to grab me Oiler time in trivia with Rob. But um, their, their big mistake, Jared Stedham never got a fair shake with this team. I swear to God, Cam Newton had dirt on Belichick. How does he not play Stidham the last game of the year? How? <laughs> they are out of the playoffs. Stidham only got junk time. Everyone's throwing him under the bar. I, I believe in Stidham still. A whole other conversation. All right, do the trivia for Rob. All right, Oilers, first of all. No, trivia nice right now. Bad. Trivia right now, Scott. Trivia. Straight to the all trivia. Right. Rob, say hello. Hey, how are you, buddy? Rob, I miss you, bro. All right, this isn't so much trivia as in an accolade to the Boston Bruins. Who this week did the Bruins say they're going to raise the jersey to the rafters? on their first opening game. Oh, Willie O'Ree. Bingo, brother. Hey, good to be back. Let me, can I knock the Oilers real quick? Because I don't like what I see already. They got no fire. I'm going to Bakersfield. Someone give me some fire. <laughs> you're going to be by yourself they're, they're in Bakersfield be because there's not started yet. There's no minor league team right now. This team already looks like a 500 team who squeaks into the playoffs and loses the first. They're missing something. I'm not sure if you're a 500 team, though, that they'll make the playoffs. I can already tell. After one game, I hate what I say. They they got no... Will somebody punch somebody? Will somebody bring up a kid that's 19 who wants to rip someone? This team has no fire. They're so flat. 
I'm telling you. I listen to the game, by the way, up here in Boston. I don't get it on TV. I listen to the whole game. Maybe the oh, Oilers should well, bring, appreciate you bring him Thanks, up. Scott. He can come up and do the pregame talk before the game. That'll fire the team they, up. Well, they have players on this roster who can play with fire and can hit people. They, You're did, right. they didn't do it. Oh, he's right. There, there was not enough uh, ugliness, enough nastiness from the Oilers tonight. All right. Well, we're going to be back at it tomorrow. Really excited that Cam Moon will bring you the play-by-play. Both Jack and Cam will be calling games on the radio. Whenever Jack goes to do the regional TV, Cam Moon will bring you the the play-by-play, so he'll debut tomorrow. Cam is a a wonderful human being and a great broadcaster. We both love him. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. And just like the NHL players playing their first game where they skate around the ice by themselves, we're going to let Camps run around the press (laughs) box all by himself just before the game just to get that (laughs) feeling of his. he's finally made it. I wonder if you could do a lap on the level here. You might be able yeah, Well, to. you'd have to jump over there because there's that one oh, spot. is that where it's divided? I mean, a little dangerous, but he looks spry. Well, Cam's in incredible condition. <laughs> hey, we got a lot of people to thank to uh, Sean Alford, Grant Ranson, Mike Evans from our engineering department at 630 Chad. Great work getting us set up here in our new broadcast location. Troy Bowler's our game day engineer. And Kellen Kennedy and Angie Quinnell back at the studio tonight. Thanks for all your hard work. All right, so tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show, game at 7, Oilers and Canucks. You can get more on 630ched.com, globalnews.ca. Heartland Ford overtime open line. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Canucks take it 5-3. Thanks for listening.